So, this will be the first airing and or episode and or whatever term it is for the podcast aptly named Saltcast, where we are going to complain at great length about nerdy stuff for the most part, occasionally serious things, but we know what we're about. I'm Jan Blute. I have with me my two great allies in Salt, Julie and Sam. No. We have our mascot, a kitten. Gladio. There's There's other animals here, too. Yeah, there's so (laughs) many animals. In any case, today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite games of all time, Dragon Age 2, released in the very recent and timely year of 2011, judge me. Uh, Someone had made a post in a Facebook group asking about the people who didn't like Dragon Age 2 and why. And then I'm going to have feelings on it. Sam, take it away. Yep. So there's a lot of comments here. Um, I want to point out that I am only reading the negatives. Um, So it's about about, uh, 50-50, I will say. So here we go. Only thing I disliked was being forced to play human. But other than that, it was a great game with an amazing story. Okay, I think that's fair. I will give that one. I love DA2, but I don't like Hawk XD. Does it make sense? No! Get out of my life! <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you don't like Hawk? <laughs> you don't like this flaming wreckage of a person? What is wrong with you? The only self-insert character in which you are not bored to tears because they're a meaningless cardboard cutout? Okay, maybe not the only, but one of the few. And then you're like, nah, I don't like fun. <laughs> if you're listening, I am at least 30% sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> here is Kirkwall in the day. Here is Kirkwall at night. Here is a cave outside Kirkwall. Here's a cave under Kirkwall that looks exactly the same to the one outside Kirkwall. Here are the designated enemy spawn locations. Have you been through this area in the last 20 minutes? Oh, you were? Then here are those enemies again. I hope you don't use... The tactics, like Dragon Age Origins, because spawning waves of enemy negates planning. Because guess what? We spawned enemies behind your archer and mage, so fuck you. Welcome to Kirkwall. I mean, that is a pretty accurate summary of Kirkwall. You're right. It's just a bunch of miserable caves and people trying to, you know, fuck you. I mean, I think a lot of these comments are going to be um, displeasure with the fact that they didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of graphic development and a lot of planning on that front. That is fair. There is going to be a lot of complaints about it being rushed because it was rushed. Thanks, EA. Yeah, a lot of them are uh, people bitching about the uh, reuse of map and assets. But I think a lot of them don't have that information for whatever. I thought that was common knowledge that everyone knew, but apparently it's not. I mean, like, if you're not interested in the actual developers and you just are here for the game and the content in the game, I can totally see that, because that used to be me. And then Sam turned me to the dark side of knowing what happens behind the scenes, and here we are. That is my crack. (laughs) (laughs) Sam is my content manager. I consume information at her will, so I, I kind of always had an interest, but only if Sam brought it to me. But some people have no idea, have no clue. Yeah, that it was developed in two years. Yeah. The game was definitely fast-tracked. I'm like, here, you have two years to make a best-selling game. Good luck. Uh, Yeah, fuck you, EA. Um, Let's see. I didn't like the reuse of the area layouts. I could run through with my eyes half open. The storyline, I feel, is very political, but also very necessary to bridge other stories to create an end result we see in Inquisition. All in all, I love Dragon Age 2. Uh, just horrible level design. 
Yeah, we're still going to go with that. I mean, that's how they cut the corners, so save time. Yeah. Yeah, but they made up for it, like we were talking about earlier, they made up for it in dialogue, character development, and... Um, by earlier, to... she means not when we were recording. No, not when we were <laughs> yeah. recording. You don't have when, memory issues. When we got so through halfway through these comments, and I just went, this would make a good podcast, and we're like, yeah, let's do that. Right now. <laughs> I think my original issues were really solved with some patches, but initially it was buggy as hell hell. I remember a few quests I encountered being outright broken, companion conversations happening before the quest that was supposed to trigger them, but after that, the recycled environments and just the beginning of the story in general just didn't grip me in nearly the same way as Origins. Origins I beat four times in a row before I finally got burnt out and had to switch to something else. With two, once was all I could do before I needed a break. Although I admit once I came back, it was a little better due to patches. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not that broken of a game because... The first time I played 2, my uh, PlayStation 3 is not hooked up to anything, so I literally can only pay the patchy, the, the fucking glitchy, broken version of 2. <laughs> and it's not that bad. It's playable. There are games released now that you literally cannot play unless you download them. So, like, in the future, yeah, you could never play them on your vintage PS4. Nope. <laughs> because there's no patches, go to hell. Um, I liked it. I was just disappointed that the character relationships weren't as deep as Origin. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> but this person does admit uh, that there was a lot of pressure to get it out fast. <laughs> okay, there is that. I, I will say that Origin's relationships are deep. I'm not, no bashing on Origins. I do love, I do love me some Origins. They are deep. It's just to say that Dragon Age 2 is not, is just what we call in the biz lying. Okay. Um, I like it, but I do feel it was the weakest in the series. The story was good, but not great, but good. I like Hawk, but they feel they did feel predetermined versus the more personalized Warden origins. Even in Inquisition, we could we could be a few different races. The recycled maps got really old and broke immersion for me. On the flip side, we were introduced to Varric, my favorite character in the series. Okay, I guess redeemed. it just depends on what you're looking for in an RPG. At least they admit that this is, you know, their personal issue and that like, yeah, you can like Hawk because you should because fuck you if you don't like Hawk, but Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yes. There's Okay, so so many people say they just don't like Hawk and it like because of that whole feels predetermined feels be like you're being forced into yes because you are yeah um <laughs> that's the point is, of the story that's the point of this particular story they needed a very specific thing to happen to a very specific person and they couldn't like do the whole you make your own backstory and your own character all in one and they even took that that option to make it a like to really choose your backstory um, out of Inquisition because it, there were so many variables it was hard to carry that character over so that's why we will never see your warden ever probably will game. never see your Inquisitor either you might maybe I like, I a, think I like a cameo like, it would be a cameo it would be it would be like the hawk thing in Inquisition where it was your hawk or you had to sit there and, and yeah or 
Which Zevran is like a quest, like, like a letter. Like you're never going to actually more see it. Like yeah. the Inquisitor is just going to be something that's name dropped. I feel like with the amount of options that were available for customization, it's going to be a bitch. Yeah. To render that character. Because like, well, is yes. your is your Inquisition is your Inquisitor a Red Jenny? Are they living in Kirkwall? Hmm. Are they? I mean, that's what the tapestry like thing is for. You pick all of those little options, and you can be like, I yeah, but they have to program. Stays. Yes. All of those options. This is true. So instead of being like Alistair, who's got like two, it's like, what about an infinite amount of options? I hope your programmers don't like sleeping. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. So we'll, it's definitely going to come down to like, we'll see when it comes out. Obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not expecting them to be like, oh, you're, you're going to see your Inquisitor. I don't think so. Like, no. if, if anything, they'll be there for exactly one scene. But you're gonna have to like literally design them from the ground up. Be like, oh yeah, this is this is your Inquisitor, kind of like they did with Hawk. If you didn't have that option, you were like, I yeah. want to customize this Hawk to look how I want them to. You had to do that. But um, yeah. but the thing with yeah, back to the <laughs> back to the point of um, of me getting upset with people not liking Hawk. Um, <laughs> it's uh. It just bothers me because again, it, it is it is supposed to drive that story forward. They're not supposed to have that many, you know, like decision points and customizable aspects because they needed this specific thing to happen with these specific characters. So that's that's my thing. That's my my entire well, thing, and I get very upset. <laughs> so. Get ready to get more upset. Oh, um, I like it, but the care but the story is weak and rushed. The characters are not great, and their dialogue is cringeworthy. Reuse of environments is annoying, distracting, and takes me out of the out of RP. I wish I hadn't been forced into playing Hawk, though I do enjoy Hawk. What did you say about my family? <laughs> what the fuck did you say about my family? What that game did you play? Yeah. Their dialogue is incredible. The dialogue is extremely well done. Even the things that Hawk says to Meredith... And other characters, Hawk is supposed to be a player character, and they picked a lot of good dialogue for them. And how can you say the story is weak? I will grant you rushed, but weak? That took a lot of work to do, to put together. That has so many layers. Yeah, it had so many layers, so many political things going on at the same time. And it was just, like, sure, you were focused on, like, one thing, and then, like, in the background, this stuff was happening. If you weren't paying attention, you weren't reading all of the all of the stuff and listening to all of the back, like the back chatter and stuff like that, you would miss it. So like, I feel like if you played the game more than once and you made different decisions in each playthrough, you got more of that Mm -hmm. because you were willing to be red Hawk, purple Hawk, blue Blue Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. I always want to say green. (laughs) (laughs) That's not right. Um, Yeah. So if you were willing to swap out between like, you know, like, in, in Red, which is super uncomfortable. He is so mean and angry. Um, so but, bad. But fun at the same time. But if you're willing to do all of that, then I feel like you get more out of the story because you see other people, like those other characters, those NPCs reacting to Purple Hawk, Red Hawk, 
Blue Hawk, and you get those different aspects of the story. And that's not bad storytelling. Games are supposed to have replay value. That's one of the things that people consider as part of a valuable good game is does it have replay value? So that's a good thing to do. Not to mention, to craft a story that makes it feel inevitable no matter how hard you try... In the time frame that they had, with dropping as many hints as they did, they did a lot of work. I doubt any of them slept in the two years during development. They probably just like, (laughs) just another shot of adrenaline and back to the table. And it's like, geez, props to them. I hope they're safe. I hope they're alive. Okay, next one. Um, I like it for the character focus, but I don't really want to replay it because of how the fighting worked. It was so much different than Origins and in a bad way for me. I didn't adapt well to it, so I had to play in baby mode. I, I mean, at least they were honest that it was just them. Go ahead. I will say that I played the games backwards. I started with Inquisition, and instead of going to Origins, once I realized this was the third in a trio of games, I decided I was going to play backwards, just two and then Origins. So for me, it, was, it wasn't as jarring going from Inquisition to two as it was going from two to Origins. The combat system was incredibly different, but I feel um, the re- it was the recharge time, really, on your spells and stuff that was ultimately what was most different. Um, but, like, I totally... I get it. I played in the right order, Origins to Inquisition, and I will say that I generally found Dragon Age 2's combat system to be more intuitive than Dragon Age Origins, which was like trying to play D&D, but live. So like they're trying to punch you while you're trying to do math. (laughs) And it was just not necessarily a great time. I managed to keep up through years of Fire Emblem training, but you know, not everyone can do that. So I think two is actually more accessible combat wise. I'm just imagining like an elven mage getting like punched at by some giant rock demon and carry the seven! I'm carry the seven! Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> I've died. I am dead. I have died. That's all right. we're just um, I liked it, but I didn't get as immersed as I did in Origins, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you yes. were inserting yourself and you were relating to yourself instead of having to relate to someone else. So. I mean, that's. Yeah. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes is always harder. Yes. Very true. And if you're expecting a self-insert like you had in Dragon Age Origins, most people are going to relate to their warden more than they are. Okay, actually, we're getting back to where we were earlier. (laughs) Cool, I can get mad about those too. Yeah. (laughs) That actually shows how many of these were, like, positive, or if it was just, like, I didn't like the maps. Like, that was all they said, was I didn't like the maps. (laughs) Which is, like, no duh. Um, Two years of development. They had to cut the corner somewhere. I'm glad it was the maps. Honestly, then I could get to the story faster. Um, Less stick, more carrot. (laughs) My least favorite thing, my least favorite of the three, but I don't hate it. Having Hawk forced on you takes away some role-playing options for me. Can't really dig into anything Dwarven and only skim the surface of elf issues. Plus, Bethany is so sweet and adorable, I can't even commit to being anti-magic. Also, romances are weakest of the three, Anders has some depth and hard choices. Since I've never been anti-magic, I've never done Fenris' romance. Um, And the two females feel a bit shallow, though a Jade Empire-style triangle with Isabella and Mero 
may have resolved that issue. Liked the combat updates, though, and the potential for long-term storytelling. I have to state two things. Um, so first off, you can romance Fenris and be pro-magic. That, that's a thing you can do. Yeah, so I don't know. Which you would know if... If you bother just, like, reading a wiki, like... <laughs> like, Also, I cannot believe ever that you'd never even watched a romance for Fenris yeah. on YouTube. What, do you hate joy? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> if you don't know what Jade Empire is, um... I, the only reason I know this is because I'm a... I, I fucking love watching those stupid top ten lists. Um... But the Jade Empire it had it so that you could essentially get a threesome in the end. So this person's uh, literally saying, yeah, I just want to fuck two hot chicks at the same time. Which, you know, sure, <laughs> that's fair. That's legit. But they're not interesting to you unless you can fuck both of them? Okay. Then why does it matter who they are? Yeah. Um, I just felt forced into a character while in Origins, I felt like I could be more myself? They, they put a question mark at the end. That's why I was doing that. Okay. That just... just makes perfect sense. <laughs> Wait, there was something else in the middle there. Oh, that last one. There was something else in that last one that um... ticked me off. The romances being the weakest. It was ignoring Fenris and completely devaluing Isabella and Meryl because they hate life. Yeah. Uh, they, um, they also said something about... Um, I know, Sam is about to read Bethany is so sweet and adorable, I can't even commit to being anti-magic. Uh, can't really dig into anything Dwarven and only skims the surface of elf issues. Uh, having Hawk forced on you takes away some roleplay options for me. Okay, the roleplay options is true. The elf options is false. The Dwarven options is true. <laughs> elf options is just such a lie. I mean, you kind of do get a little bit more in-depth with both of those things, but again, you have to be paying attention. So... Like, you don't get as immersed into the culture of elves and dwarves, um, obviously, because you're playing as a human. However, you do get tidbits of, like, this region's customs and, like... And you go way more into the Dalish. You really do. You get a lot more into the Dalish because you're with a Dalish elf. And she's willing to talk to you about her customs and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, But, like, as far as, like... Um, getting into, like, Dwarven lore. We didn't really get much into Dwarven lore until Inquisition, really. Because they had that drop... They dropped a DLC for, like, you go to the Deep Roads and you uncover this huge thing. Um, And, like, again, with Elven lore, that stuff really hit you in Inquisition. Like, really in the face. uh, Also, hashtag... Left hand, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Meryl should have had Morgan's role. Yes, please, <laughs> oh my, my baby. That would have been so great, but um, but yeah, like I get it. It doesn't feel as connected to those races because you're not playing those races. The focus is supposed to be on like the human aspect of it, which is fairly interesting in the way that like you're playing a character who is friends with all of these people and the people that are deeply entrenched in those problem sets. Um, so it is a different angle to take, but I don't think it, like, really takes away from it, because you're supposed to be more story-oriented than you are lore-oriented. You're not being dropped into this very vast, um, game where you have to go around and, and do all of this stuff, like Origins and Inquisition. They were, like, 
No, you're stuck in a city that's gonna like fucking kill itself, and you you have to try to make it not happen. To be happy, (laughs) like I, Oregon Trail for origins and uh, Inquisition, and enjoy your dysentery. A very, very dark Farmville. <laughs> oh, I was going to say uh, SimCity. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's an extremely dark SimCity. But I will say this, and I will die on this hill, to say that the romances in Dragon Age 2 are in any way weak is more of a testament to you not paying attention to them than them themselves. It all comes down to are you paying attention? Because <laughs> they have a lot of depth. There is a lot of beauty to the different romances and the way that they relate to all the characters Isabella's romance is about learning to trust people and luring someone out of their shell even after they've hurt you because that's what they're used to. Fenris is just teaching someone that, hey, life isn't a steaming shit pile. <laughs> oh, there oh. are nice things that we won't lose. Yeah, and, uh, nice things that won't be taken away from you. And uh, trauma is real. <laughs> Take it's all the okay. time you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Meryl showing her that you can appreciate the way that she views life while she learns from the way you view life. She's sheltered in her way. She has a bunch of things to show you. She's better than Solus. Come at me. I'm just throwing it out there. There's, and I haven't even covered them all. (laughs) So many Slavellians are going to argue that fact. Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah, you can argue all you want. I'll jump three stories down onto your desk. I am Slavellian and I... I won't argue with that fact. <laughs> I love Solas. He's a grumpy, horrible, awful historian who deserves to be pushed into a ravine, but I love him. I mean, that's the general take on him that should be. Like, you can't you can't really... This is getting away from the Dragon Age 2 thing a bit. No. But, um, I can trip stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's just like one of those... It's just a disservice to say that Dragon Age 2 romances are weak. I was like, maybe it really it's you. Is. Well, yeah. guess, maybe it's guess you. what? We're back to the uh, the one that gave you the major hate boner that we read earlier. Okay, um, continue. One, <laughs> one reason is the reuse of environment. Another reason, almost all characters and romance options are kind of weak or rather uninteresting to me personally. Reason three is plot itself was either half-resolved or rushed. It felt unfinished or like the work of a college student who stayed up all night cramming to get their final done before class. Okay, we've already agreed that rushed is something we have to concede because that's exactly what it was. But as for the rest, eat a dirty sock. Yeah. Like, I just... This plot is in no way unfinished. You could say unsatisfying, and I would grant you that, because it's not supposed to feel satisfying. You're not supposed to walk away from that being like, yeah, I got something done. I'm a hero. You walk away from that being like, my socks and underwear are wet with not even my own fluids. (laughs) Like, that is how you should leave that plot feeling. Deeply uncomfortable and like you want to shower and bleach. That is how that plot is supposed to make you feel. Yeah, there's no good ending there because there can't be a good ending. Do you not understand that? There's only, like, less bad. That's it. You're not killing an archdemon. You're trying to stop two political fractions from murdering each other, and then you get thrust into the situation where you can't not stop them from murdering each other? Because there was, like, a secret third-slash-fourth thing going on, and it's just... um, and to say the romances were uninteresting, once again, we're not going to talk the we think we talked about that. Uninteresting just implies that you didn't actually pay any attention and you're not interested in romancing anyone that you can't romance as a self-insert. 
self-inserts are not inherently bad. People who use them are not inherently bad. But the people who cannot enjoy a game or anything unless they are the protagonist romancing their waifu. Or husbando. Or husbando. <laughs> or if there's a word for a gender-neutral version of that. I don't think there is. Bay? I don't know. If you can't be satisfied romancing Partnery. a character unless it's you romancing that character... I'm sorry that the life of the world has been stripped of all joy for you. That's sad. Maybe stop that. Get help. I don't know. Figure it out. Okay. Um, I didn't like that you could only be human and that the romances had no preferences with the exception of Sebastian. They'd romance hawk no matter what. For example, realistically, Fenris should refuse to romance a mage hawk. I'm glad they brought gender preferences back in Inquisition. Even if I do have a mod that changes one. I'm going to guess um, that it's probably... Judging by the name, I'm going to guess that it's Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, mood my dude. It's fair. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many strong opinions about yeah. Dragon Age. Um, and that's what we love about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you infected us with this disease, yes, so I, I think did. you're happy Welcome about to that. Bioware. Thank you. Have my money. Okay. Yeah, so we can't even do that. You guys won't let us. I know. They're a terrible drug dealer. Bitches. Terrible. <laughs> um, so one of my things is, yes, I like that in Origins and Inquisition they have actual sexual preferences. I think that's pretty immersive because it kind of portrays real life because you're not going to just walk up to just about anybody and they're going to prefer you, you know, it, it just be like you sexual. Like everyone in two is hawk sexual. Everyone in your party is bisexual. That's not weird at all. I mean, I personally love that they're all disaster buys, but... Oh, God, yes. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's great, honestly. It, it is. It works for the Kirkwall fam. It really does. Um, I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, that's all I had. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> I do like the gender preferences in Inquisition. I will agree with you on that, because it did add a measure of reality. Like, this one's lesbian. This one's gay. This one's sad. <laughs> this one's sad. <laughs> Blackwall, I mean, are you okay? <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll come around. I mean, the only one that in Inquisition that I was upset with was uh, Solus because yeah. he was originally supposed to be um, a person of color. He was also supposed to be bisexual. And I was like, that is awesome. But they didn't want to make him both of those things and also a villain, which was very upsetting to me. It also it doesn't... It's not... It doesn't make uh, sense. The reason they did it was because, like, oh, we wanted to avoid the stereotype of, you know, gay and bisexual people being evil. And it's like, okay, good, but um, you, you, you've got those here in this game. <laughs> like, you have both of those things. <laughs> so, well, like, the, the so, lesbian uh, queen can be evil, but... The bisexual guy can't? I don't know, man. Like, what? again, what kills me, it's like, so you didn't want to give us two romance options oh, for Solus? As much as a bitch. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> two romance options for Solus? Because like, as it is, you only have one romance option. You have to be an elf and a female. And so, that's it. <laughs> like, for your key, like, 
almost canon pivotal pivotal plot point. You have one option out of like the fucking what like eight, eight yeah eight <laughs> options in this game, and it's like okay, <laughs> all right, I guess. So that was crappy. That's my hot take. Um, the third act of the main story made zero sense. Hi, Tanner. Um, we got zero actual buildup of Meredith's descent into madness. Ursino and Meredith should have been much more prominent in the political story. Um, on the whole, though, Dragon Age 2 had the best, most thorough companion stories. Really, Tanner? I don't know if you're going to hear all of the fucking dog yeah, drinking are. noise. They That's... are. They're going to catch all of that. But, so yeah, so, um, I mean, like, I'll admit that Ursino got, like, the raw deal in this game. Yeah, he did. Um, it, it sh- there should have, like, those, um, grimoires that you find in Act 3 that if you destroy them in front of Meryl makes you, makes her hate you, which I didn't know the first time I played. <laughs> Oops! Oops, Daisy! Um, but, uh, like, those should have been, like, a quest from him. Just a little more Orsino would have helped. Yeah. It would have made what happened to him make more sense. Because I still stand by that it makes sense, but there wasn't enough build-up to it for you to really follow unless you dug deep and really thought of things from Orsino's perspective over the course of his entire life. Unless you, yeah, you really made Dragon Age 2 your home, which, uh... That's where we're stuck. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the Kirkwall Estate. I'm not leaving. <laughs> so that's how that's going. But overall, I will say the stuff about Meredith is completely not true because there's an actual section from Varric saying, like, the more the mages struggled, the more she squeezed. And it's like, they fit it in as best they could. And with the different scenes you see from her, she has moments where you can almost sympathize with her in the beginning, and then she does stuff like make Mage Hawk talk to a tranquil person while hunting down fellow mages, that you go like, why are you both stupid and a bitch? <laughs> like, it's just, just, so like, there's a big character shift there where it's like, you would probably realize that that was a tactless thing for you to do if you weren't, say, corrupted. Maybe, by magical means. And then, by the time, then in between that and the third act is the section where Beric explains that she is just crushing the mages constantly for wanting things like sunlight and water and letters (laughs) from their families. Like, just basic things. They make that clear as best they can with what they had. Yes, the game was rushed, but there was build-up to it. It just wasn't as in-your-face and as reinforced as it could have been because of those time constraints. So yes, it asked more of you, but that's not necessarily a failing of the narrative. You could still piece it together. It just took more work from the player. I'd also like to point out that um, typically what Bioware does between games and after games is they release comic books and novels to build on the events going on in different areas of the world between games. So they did a really good job of that, um, what, after 2? And like during 2, I had a timeline, 
somewhere. <laughs> I can't remember where it is, but I did. I pulled up oh my a, a timeline of when they released every single book and comic Jesus. book. When each game had been developed and like kind of like how they fed into each other. She doesn't have a problem. I don't have a problem at all. Um, but you know, it, it was... doesn't use this franchise enough for you to have a problem. <laughs> anyway. Um, they did a really, really, really good job between 2 and Inquisition. And they're continuing to do a jo- good job between Inquisition and 4. Whenever the hell that's coming out. We'll wait. We love you. We will wait. We love you. And this means that they have so much time to do so much. Um, so I'm very excited. I want fixed protagonist in 4. Please. Protagonist. Fuck everyone. I want another I, hawk. <laughs> I feel like they need one for the story that's going to come up. Honestly. And the setting in which you're going to be in. And that's kind of what they're aiming for already, based on some of the leaks. But, um, for 2, they didn't really build up to 2 with the information that they put out in books and comic books. Um, so there is even a lack of that, sadly. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's probably because they had to make fucking Awakenings at the same time as two. So you had to yeah. make, they had to make like half a game and a game. Yeah. At the same time. At the same time. <laughs> and half so the they time. Were, they were really, really busy. Um, but yeah, normally you'd have like books to fall on to kind of fill in those plot points and, you know, like build on that world and all of those back issues and i mean like some of them you did kind of get to see that so it was based after origins and before no actually just about when anders blew up the chantry um and it was centered around uh the white spire basically is this a comic book or a it book it was a book okay. um it was why can't i remember the name i just read it I literally oh my just god! Read it. I did. I had the collectible version, and I wanted to see all the pretty pictures. Um, and it features Cole. Does not have a problem. Not a single problem. Um, but yes, it is. Uh, it's literally centered around a a mage, and he has to go out on a journey with while there. Um, fuck! Why am I just so bad at this right now? Because you're trying to tell the story. Yes. So it's, they're trying to go out, but I mean, as a mage traveling during that aftermath of... They need a Templar escort. And yeah. they bring one from the tower, which is currently infested with uh, Cassandra's comrades, who are looking for any reason at all to really just wipe out the mage population. Um, so it actually does key in on all of that, like, tension between the ranks. And... You did see it a little bit in the mage level of uh, Origins as well, um, but this book really hones in on it. Like, it's it's crazy how much stuff Templars and uh, Seekers get away with. Um, and it actually kind of brought to light that the, um, the Divine, Divine Justinia, was trying to relax standards for mages. She was on their side. And actively working for that. So it was very interesting. Very interesting read. Um, I'm not trying to give away everything. Those were mild spoilers. Sorry. Uh, but it's totally worth very the read. Very mild. Um, but still, it, it like those extra co- that extra content is what they use to build up that backstory. Because they can't possibly put all of that into the plot of their games. Especially one that's very rushed. So I'm sure they probably tried to backreach to some of those issues, 
with some of the stuff that they put out between two and Inquisition, but um, they didn't really get to lead up to it with two like they did. Yeah. So Sadly. it did did suffer for that rush for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there another one? Um, no, you're you're. I mean, I skipped a bunch that were just really like you know redundant. The, the redundant. Um, but yep. Yep, those are those are some of the reasons people hate Dragon Age Two. So it's uh, maps glitches. They didn't like that they couldn't choose their hero. Um, didn't care for the graphics. Um, didn't like the romances, I guess. Yeah, thought the characters were weak. Thought the story was weak. Bet you they also don't like chocolate. <laughs> Kick puppies on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Those bastards. Not to say that that's everyone with a negative opinion of a game, I'm sure. Um, Jack here hates Bioshock too, but there's a lot of people that like it. And I mean, I'll admit, Augustus Sinclair, we are all here for you. We are all here for your beautiful, dumbass face. (laughs) There are good parts Southern accent. Oh my god. (laughs) Horrible life decisions, just... mm. Delicioso <laughs> makes the game worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so even to each their own, absolutely your own cup of tea. It's just sometimes you are objectively wrong, and Meryl is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, no, I have opinions. I think uh, I think the female character I see people hate the most is Isabella. In which case, you can also be wrong objectively. I mean, I can see that. I can because, like, if you don't. If you, if you handle if you if don't you handle her improperly and you don't like make her your bestest buddy ever, yeah. she will leave you and never come back. Which yeah. actually, I didn't spend a lot of time trying to pander to different party members. I just brought whoever I wanted on whatever mission I wanted. Well, I mean, I did the same thing. Did what I did. <laughs> I d- Isabella left me. Yeah, she left me and she took off with the book and I never saw her again. And uh, Meryl hated my guts. I loved Meryl. I loved her so much, and I couldn't understand why she hated me. Probably blood magic things. Yes, like the, I will was. say, I will say the thing for me that annoyed Whoops. me the most was the weird, like almost arbitrary things that made characters um, positive or negative towards you. Like yeah. there were some things where I'm just like, wh- why though? Like. If I remember right, at one point, um, like there was there was one I think it was like Isabella who didn't like a thing. Um, oh no! Wait, no, it was Fenris. It was Fenris. It was being the asshole. So he didn't like a thing. Shocked. Yeah, he didn't like a thing. It was when you give. Um, the whether or not you give the parchment of paper to um Aveline to deal with slavers or you kill them so if you give the parchment to Aveline he gets pissed off because you didn't kill the slavers but it's like but she's gonna arrest them so therefore they're gonna give her more information you're gonna get more slavers Fenris (laughs) think man (laughs) Think. Yeah, he, he, but he that that's like a character trait of his too because like if you remember that one slave that was basically like left alive true true and you were like <laughs> you can come work for me and he was like what and you're like I'm gonna pay her man and he was like oh oh okay 
like, and like then like calm down, yeah. but that's a hundred percent how he is. Zero very, foresight, no zero. patience. I'm yeah. trying to remember another one, but there were like some that felt like super arbitrary. Um, though, like I think the one that no, the most fucked up one is when uh, you interact with Daenerys, and you get negative points for Anders if you don't give Fenris to him. And I'm just like, dude, couldn't you just be neutral on this? <laughs> no. So Fenris, a, a lot of people didn't like, uh, uh, not Fenris, Anders. A lot of people didn't like Anders into in because he was in Awakenings and he was much more jovial. Yeah. Um, which, but, but you know, he, human trafficking. <laughs> Anders, you can't be like, yay! I think (laughs) he was always that bitter and kind of like, but it was like deep inside, you know? Like, he was always that bitter and that... Yeah, no, 100%, I agree. I just think this is the weirdest thing for you to have positive points for. (laughs) He was so mad, though. Like, he is so in love with Hawk. No matter who, like, what gender Hawk is, he is so in love with Hawk that even if you're romancing Fenris, he's like, I would be better for you. He literally hounds that point down. He hates Fenris, and Fenris hates him, and I think it's just like... They just do not get along. But Fenris wouldn't sell him for five dollars. Like, I know. Oh yeah, Fenris yeah. wouldn't sell him for a corn chip. So he'd be like, he's not worth it. <laughs> this is delicious. Eat the corn chip. Kill you for being a slaver, Shank. Bit take of a your uh, corn chip and eat it. For anyone who's not aware, if you do um, give Fenris back to Denarius, uh, Denarius gives you basically like ten gold. Like, oh, you lose a party member, but here's ten gold and a kind of cool sword. Whatever. (laughs) Like, nothing even remotely worth it. Yeah, it's like one item that you could find somewhere else. Here's a hint, Daenerys. (laughs) The only payment I will accept for giving you Fenris is your life. Psych, we're here to kill you. (laughs) Like, you're not taking Fenris, man. There's nothing worth it. I guess that's slightly better than um, if you give Isabella to the uh, the Arishuk. Oh, they don't give God. you anything except you don't have to fight him. <laughs> Which, I mean, while this is a mercy, you... Oh, God. You run into her in Inquisition, I think? Or is that... Do you? No, you don't run okay. into her in Inquisition. I no, say. I thought so, because I thought she was like... Was she someone else? Or is that Bull? She does... Somewhere I heard that she, you find out she gets brainwashed by the canary and she resurfaces somewhere. Um, Google it for me. No, I mean, <laughs> thanks, man. I mean, in the in that comic, there's a uh, like weird alternate future thingy that happens d- via mage fuckery, where that did happen to her. But I know that like they, there's um, a book that. In the scenario in which case Isabella was handed over, she hunts Hawk down. She do- she gets out of there. She doesn't get brainwashed. She haunts Oh, Hawks. okay. Maybe I but she- it does leave a mark on her psyche. Yeah. Oh, no. She's, like, fucking pissed. But um, I don't think she shows up in Inquisition. Huh. Uh, they might uh, name drop her, but I don't. she doesn't show up. She's losing it. Oh, maybe it's just because you run into Bull again if you turn in the... Um... You do. Uh, so if you maybe I got him mixed up with her. Well, it's um, hard to tell. They're both so bold. 
right. I'm not sure she turns damaged. up in Inquisition. I can't find anything about it, so I don't think she does. No, no I'm pretty sure I got what, Bull and uh, Isabel mixed up. Yeah, what happens with Bull is uh, if you choose to save the warship over the Chargers, he turns on you. Yeah, in yeah. the DLC. That's what I was thinking of. So. It's like you run into him later, and he turns on you, and which yeah. uh, should have been handled way better. Because it's just like a, it's a kind of like a blink and you miss it almost thing yeah. that happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, now Bull's your enemy. Anyway, he's dead because <laughs> it was one fight. But there is a female, um, like basically reeducator, mage handler. That yeah. is in the DLC, and she reminds me a lot of the lady that was trying to. She was trying to do that to Isabel in Isabella. that comic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think yeah, I think you like. Plot, I think you honest, weirdly but. spliced together the DLC and the comic together, and Bull and Isabella always really, remind me of each other, and so. it would have made a really interesting add-in, honestly, but. You know, I just love yeah. Isabella, and that four, I have to make her life a horrible place. I think, like, you can... I think you can either turn on Meryl, or um, let the elves deal with her, and you get maybe, like, a couple of coins from uh, the, the guard of the elves. The bottom line is, <laughs> these are my family members. They're all adopted, and they're all hawks now. In any case, you can't hurt them, or Apparently, I'll cry and or punch you in the teeth. Apparently, you can also piss off Aveline to the point where she just leaves. That sounds yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. Um, uh, Varric is the only one who you cannot He will have stay leave. with you no matter what. He will be mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes sense because it's kind of like, oh, how'd you know about the parts you weren't there for? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, uh... If you Why do you so... know so much about Hawk's sex life? I mean, that you can say... He told me. He told me. Hawk told him. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you were on good enough terms that he told you. Yeah. Okay. No matter how mad you get at him. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I think... I think Anders, too, you can piss him off to make him leave. And then he comes back to do the Chantry. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that the weirdest positive point has been and will always be Anders being like, Yay! The suffering of another human being! Well, at the very least, um, if you're paying attention, uh, again, if you're paying attention, and you aren't a terrible human being who uh, gave Isabella to the fucking coon, um, (laughs) and you got her to trust you and come with you into Act 3, um, you can get this dialogue between her and Anders where she basically states, like, you know, well, if you had to kill someone to get your justice, then they're going to come after you for their justice. And it's just a cycle. What, what are you going to say to that? And he's like, no, no, that makes sense. I agree. And he says it in this way that you're like, oh, oh, he's oh, looking, he's looking to die. You know what you're going to do. And you know people are going to hate you. And you are prepared to die on that cross. All right, martyr. This is what we're doing now. <laughs> well, that's that's a part of, like, Anders' development between Awakenings and 2. Oh, yes, I, actually, I love my little unwashed hobo. Oh, my God. I <laughs> love how, how much of a garbage human being he is. So, between Awakenings and Dragon Age 2... He has become so consumed by his, the drive, the purpose, his 
his cause, basically. That he believes that he is less valuable than the cause. But he also has this uh, spirit in his ear going, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. (laughs) Don't kiss Hawk. Do it, do it. This is a complete waste of your time. We must bring justice. Go pick up poop in the sewers. Do it. And then light it on fire. And I was like, not only is Kirkwall engulfed in flames, but now it's going to smell like shit for five years. Thank you. Dragon shit. Good job. Dragon shit. I mean, I can... As we're talking about this, I was imagining them taking it, putting it in a brown plastic bag, like a brown paper bag, putting it on Meredith's doorstep, and then lighting it on fire. And it amused me greatly. But, sadly, it wasn't like that. No. (laughs) That would have been much better. That said, we would have lost a couple good Templars. The rest... (laughs) 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 Maybe we just make sure those good Templars are, you know, at Hawk's house for cards that night. Just saying. Be like, what? Oh, I didn't know there was poop bombs. So weird. What's up, Colin? How's it going? I just invited you over for cards because you're beautiful. You totally should have been a companion. No judgment. He's fucking like shows up like he's gonna be a companion. Like this is bullshit. Here's what we didn't like about Dragon (laughs) Age Two. Let me kiss Colin. Varric should have been romanceable. That's it. <laughs> Let me kiss my boys. It's that simple. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get him in Inquisition, but it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. He's not in the middle. He's not in the throes of his fucking redemption arc. Yeah. Which, by the way, everyone crapping on Cullen being like, mages aren't people like you and me. Trauma. Pronounced trauma. Give my boy a break. Just a little one, though. He like, has had so much shit <laughs> in such a short amount of time. <laughs> like, his life is just an awful string of horrible, awkward events that he never wants to talk about ever again. And again, in all the things he could have done to react to it, seeing mages aren't people like you and me after everything he's been through is honestly on the low scale. Still awful, inarguable, well, I mean, like... but he never <laughs> locked any of them in a cupboard in a non-specific, arbitrary example and left them there to starve. <laughs> Just throwing that one out there. In the grand scheme of things, he was on the mend. Let's cut him some slack. I mean, let's look at this for a second here. He went from the Ferelden Tower, which was... Overthrown by blood mages. Well, okay. First of all, it was more lenient than Kirkwall was. Yeah. Um, yeah. This Every was tower like was more lenient than Kirkwall. Yeah. Was. <laughs> and some prisons. <laughs> some prisons. <laughs> so this is like going from like county jail to fucking like a state penitentiary. Yeah. <laughs> like a county jail in which everyone overthrew the fucking prison, and then they resorted to eating one another, and you were the last one left <laughs> when rescue came. Yeah, so he went from, like, a a far more lax um, circle, Um, having himself, like, fucking... Psychologically, physically, and and spiritually tortured for weeks at that point. Yeah, yeah, and, like, no one coming in to help him. Yeah. By the way, tortured with the visage of a person he had a crush on. Yeah. Let's just throw that one out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he had that going on, and then he gets sent to Kirkwall, which is Mage Torture Capital of Thetis. Yep. Um, <laughs> and he's prime, prime for Meredith's anti-mage 
kind of ret- he's, rhetoric. He goes from like a regular Templar to a guard captain to knight captain, yeah, which is like really fast, really fast. And that's like the second in command. Um, so he apparently like really latched onto what Meredith was saying uh, really quick. Because I mean, that's that's probably why she was she was like. She fed into him a lot. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. She like, saw the opportunity to groom him. Because he already believed mages were terrible, horrible things. Because he came from that. He was, like, basically the sole survivor of that yeah. incident. Over he saw them tower. as people, and it was used to torture him, literally. Yeah. So he was, like, he was in that weakened state, and she took advantage of that and groomed him for the position. And made him believe, oh, it's perfectly okay for you to beat this mage in the face or this recruit in the face if you think that, like, maybe they have something to do with magic. Yeah. Um, blood magic. Obviously, it's something to do with magic. Yes. They yes. can't help that. No. But, um, yeah. No, he was put in a shitty situation. And towards the end, you could see him kind of, like, going, yeah, I think she's a little nuts because she just made statues start to... You know, walk around the. Well, I mean, he, he did do it. Bit. He did turn on her before the statues. This is true. <laughs> he was like, I don't think killing literally everyone is the answer, as it were. <laughs> I think that's extreme. And you then do. she was like, What if I freak out <laughs> and turn into a red icon of horror? And he was like, I think I have enough trauma, actually. I want to clock out today. Hawk, this is all you. <laughs> and um, Hawk's like, Oh, because I need more trauma. But it's too late. Yeah. But it's too late. You're already red, red. Here you go. Yeah. Anyway, off you I go. Think the, bye. the other issue I have with um, two is the fact. Um, that Sebastian should have been part yes. of the actual story. Mm. Um, being a part of the DLC made his, like, cheapened all of his reactions. No one actually, like, they, they didn't change any of the other people's reactions. So he literally says something and everyone looks at him and goes, God, he's annoying. And then he just essentially, like, moves on with their life. Essentially. That's essentially what it feels like. And then as the player, you agree. That, yeah, you're like, uh, okay, Sebastian, because, like, during the bombing of the Chantry... He gets on his knees, screams no, and everyone just kind of sits there and sits there and is like, moment of silence for Sebastian's knee pads, and here we go. Yeah. Like, not even a moment of silence. Like, no one no. actually says anything to him. Like, no. they don't interact with him very well. It you was very think that he, at least Meryl and Aveline would have been, like, gone to comfort him to some extent. And then Meryl to mitigate him being like, no, maybe one more dead body isn't what we need. Yeah. <laughs> like, someone... Hey, maybe uh, don't because you're the prince, even though that makes so much stupid sense here. And it's really, really dumb and you're a first draft character who needs to be refined. But um, anyway, maybe because you're a prince, you don't go and try to kill everyone and wage war and for some reason we at Bioware decided to make this a plot point in Inquisition. Yeah, that's the part that was like, oh, you mean Sebastian's still throwing his baby tantrum. <laughs> cool. He's just flopping around, Kirkwall going, <laughs> It's not even Kirkwall. He went home. He went home to throw his tantrum. Um, <laughs> Didn't he go back to Kirkwall, though? Because then Aveline was like, please send help. There's a giant man baby in the fields. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, probably, came, he came back with an army. He I think did. He, he actually, came back with Starkhaven army. So that was his yeah. point, was if you don't kill Anders, I'm coming back and I'm going to obliterate Kirkwall. 
Because that makes perfect sense. The random baker down the street is personally responsible for the poor life decisions that I make, Sebastian. What the hell? Like, yeah, yeah, you want to honor Cleric Althina's uh, wishes? How about you honor what she told you to do and not be revenge nuts? Stop going on revenge rampages. (laughs) Wasn't that like what she said, like, several times to you? (laughs) Repeatedly. (laughs) I will say that I do like him in the comic book that he was featured in. Um, Read the books. Read the books, read the comics. Subliminal messaging. Not subliminal. No, no, no. They place. have so much to teach you. There's even one where Solus is kind of in it. So, kind of. Oh my god. Sort of. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. After. After. Welcome to the Doctor Strange segment, um, where the warning comes after. Go ahead. But, uh, but yeah, no, I did. I really liked him in the comics, and I think that if he had been integrated and worked on properly... He would have been portrayed properly in the games as well. Like, he would have been a really interesting character to have with all of our other little heathens. Yeah, I would have totally accepted Man Baby among all of my other damaged children. Yeah. Well, the fact that, like, you... (laughs) The weapon you find the most in Kirkwall is bows and arrows that (laughs) Varric can't use. Yep. No one in your party can use. Only Rogue Hawk can use it if you choose to specialize in that. But you got Varric, so why the fuck would you do that? Because he's just a damn good archer. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, it, and knives are fun. Come yeah, on. They're so the most fun. And you can bamf just about anywhere. You can make magic knives that pierce people, and you don't have to move on muscle. It's great. It's good times. But, um... And you want to fucking cage the mages. Look at these fuckers. They're terrifying. Oh my God. lips. So anyway, (laughs) so the fact that you find these fucking bows and arrows so frequently leads me to believe that they wanted another archer, and the fact that there is no one in your group that, you know, stands with uh, the Chantry. You've got your fucking mage analog here with Anders, and then you got your Templar analog with Fenris, who sometimes will turn on you in the end. <laughs> I don't... I've never had that happen. So I think, like, what you even have to... Even in the if you don't max him out. Even in the playthrough where I pissed everybody off because I had no idea... Yeah, no, the system is weird. The system worked. Um, if you... If you had him, like, somewhere in the middle, he would, he would turn, turn on you. you. If you maxed out his hatred, he wouldn't turn on you. And that was the same thing with Anders. Anders turned on me in my first playthrough because I maxed him out friendship-wise. And then he was, like, pissed off at me because I won Templars. <laughs> yep. But, so... So you've got those two fractions. Factions. I said fractions, not factions. Well, it's getting late. It's a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> but so you have those two factions. And then you don't have anyone for the Chantry to be the voice in your group. So, um, <laughs> so it makes sense that you would want that in your group. I just always felt like, you know, it's stupid that he's the second prince of a giant country, um, but he's also a good chantry boy who's also a rogue. And maybe, you know, you could possibly be his princess or, Something, but you know, like, 
whatever, he's super humble, so he's not gonna brag about it, but he's also gonna be really, really good at flirting, even though he also gets super flustered every time Isabella says something a little bit saucy. Yep. <laughs> so I just feel like he has way too much going on, and I fucking hate it. Just, like, trim it down. <laughs> just have it make sense. If it's gonna be Awkward Chantry Boy, let's stick with Awkward Chantry Boy. Let's do that. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's possible to be a good Chantry person and a rogue, Liliana. It's a thing. So, you can do it. You have done it. Sebastian just needed a lot more refining. Yeah. And also to stop throwing mantrums. <laughs> I, oh, I also hated that um, Bioware tried to insist he was the hottest one, and I'm like, bullshit, you have Varric? Yeah. <laughs> no one can hold a candle to the sexual appeal of Varric, Tetris. Yeah. It's not a thing. No. Plus, you have Andraste's face over your crotch, I'm sorry. Yeah. Nothing hot about that. <laughs> no, a little weird, that whole... I'm pretty sure, was it Anders that uh, Anders points it out. That? Yeah. Anders points it out. <laughs> and I'm there's a little, a little shine of our old Anders... Prior to justice infestation. Well, there's a lot of shines of him. Oh, God, yes, there are. What uh, I really just want to do is, like, take Anders in a bag and drag him to the DLC where they can take skirts out of your body. And, you yeah. know, it's fine. Yeah, the Avar one. Yeah, bring him to the Avar tribe and say, like, hey, can we have an eviction notice stat? Like, <laughs> can you do that, please? I mean, it doesn't work. The, the whole point of that, like, they had this side quest in that DLC where um, there was a, a young mage that had failed to do her, like, her eviction notice, basically. <laughs> yeah. That, that ritual that you're supposed to do to excise the spirit um, because you're done learning from it. And uh, and she she'd failed to do it. And when you follow up on her, it's because she and the spirit would like to remain as one. And she agreed that she would like to keep it. Um, which meant she had to live outside of the uh, outside of the tribe, basically. Yeah. So it is possible that, you know, like, at one point, it never they never could have separated because they both saw eye to eye. But now after the bombing of the Chantry and all of that, I feel like Anders is more likely to be like, yeah, eviction notice right now. So please, let's drag him over to the Avar. I mean... Like I a... would actually argue the opposite because if you bug him before the uh, the thing, justice snaps and says, "I am Anders." Yeah, but that's justice. That's honestly... that. technically vengeance at that point. Yeah, um, and like he had been overriding Anders and making him black out so he could drive. Because... I mean, that was going to be my argument. Is yeah. like Anders is going to be like, I don't remember the past three years. <laughs> and Justice said, what? Yeah, let's get him out of here. Yeah. So. so. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting, like, that's why I love Andrew's character. Here we are with the things that I like. But I mean, yeah, we could talk all night about the things that we like. How long has this been going on so far? An hour. So how do you want to, uh, you want to wanna end this, uh, whatever this is? Oh, okay. In that case, I uh, hope you enjoyed this. If you didn't, I'm sorry, but you really stuck through it. Good for you. Uh, if you did, support me on Coffee or Patreon, and I will do more nerdy things, and I will have more time to do those nerdy things. That's all I got. You guys have anything? This has been your daily dose of sodium. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do something more timely next time. We'll think of it.